Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean of the Philadelphia Inquirer here along also with Zach Berman of the Philadelphia Inquirer. And Zach, Eagles will have their first preseason game on Thursday. And well, sorry fans, you're not going to see Carson Wentz and you're probably not going to see Nick Foles. And you're probably not going to see a lot of starters for that matter in the game. But you will see a lot of guys further down the roster that are competing for roster spots. And hey, that's just as exciting at this point in the preseason. All that being said, let's go back to the quarterbacks. Carson Wentz, as we know at this point, has been dialed back. He hasn't participated in team drills in over a week. He spoke today. Zach, I wasn't there. You were there. Can you give a little update on what he had to say? Well, so so Carson, he emphasized, or I guess he reiterated what he said the last time he, he spoke, that he doesn't, you know, he's, a, he's, he's aggressive. He wants to be out there, but this is all part of the plan. And then I, I followed up and saying, but last time it seemed like a day-to-day thing. Now it's indefinite until you're cleared for contact. And he said he, he just needs to trust the doctors. He, he said he doesn't need to show them anything more out there. Right now it's just a matter of the doctors clearing him. Uh, and then he also admitted that it's hard to get continuity when players are coming in and out. That's what the offseason's for. Uh, that's what you know the, the mini camps are for. But it was interesting watching practice today. The Eagles were down there top two quarterbacks, their top three receivers. Um, it, it, it's not the team they'll have out there against the Falcons. So Carson admitted that, um, but he, he didn't really seem concerned with where he's at. He basically emphasized what he said the other day. He's just waiting for medical clearance. And you know what? I would kind of almost agree with that. I think, you know, again, I, I think it is a little awkward the way they handled dialing him back, just the fact that he did so much on that one day. Yep. And then all of a sudden to just kind of – go cold turkey to me was a little awkward um but watching him today in the seven on seven drills now again he didn't throw a lot of passes but he was good i mean Mm -hmm. like he was really sharp the velocity's there you watch nate sudfeld who's fine and sudfeld's got a pretty good arm all of a sudden carson gets in there and just everything's moving at a different speed it's not just the arm it's the recognition it's the you know it's the release um he had I think there it was only one pass where he didn't complete um, a throw. I think there was like seven or eight total passes, but he had Goddard in the corner over Jalen Mills. He had Joshua Perkins low pass in front of Darby where only he could get it. Um, he hit uh, Greg Ward on a seam throw. Um, it was a, it was a bullet. And you know you men- you hear the names that I'm mentioning. He's doing this yeah. against the f- one defense with two and three on the depth chart skill position guys. So I think the Eagles have to feel confident about where he is in regards to seven-on-sevens. But as Doug said today, it's not team drills. It's totally yeah. different. Um, and they're just going to have to go blind, I think, into this thing. I don't think at this point he's going to play in the preseason. I, I agree. And he, and he doesn't think he needs to play in the preseason. And he doesn't think he needs to play in the preseason. He's going to have to take team drills at some point. But it probably won't be until maybe like right before the fourth preseason game um, and certainly the week of – the opener if he's cleared for contact and cleared to play in the season opener and I still feel like that's probably the most likely scenario here I agree with you there uh, although the the new wrinkle this this week is that Nick Foles isn't out there and yeah, like when we spoke last time um, it was more about Carson's recovery and Carson's uh, how how Carson's doing this summer all of a sudden you throw Nick's injury in there and it's 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 a different dynamic Nick's injury doesn't appear to be serious, but when you're talking about week one, Nick the Eagles spasms. are preparing for Carson and Nick. Next spas- he said Nick spasms today. 
Did you say that to Tom? Nick said no, no. Nick said uh, I, I I did not say it on on oh, okay, this no, podcast. Just, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Nick said it's his trap muscle uh, in layman terms, like like Jeff said, neck spasms. He clar- uh, uh, Nick didn't want to call it his neck, but the area he was pointing to is where the shoulder and the neck meet. Your right. your trap muscle. So um, he said, and Doug Peterson said, not related, obviously, to the elbow last year, uh, but it is something to monitor because. It's probably going to keep him out there. It's still his throwing arm, mm-hmm. um, so it's still an issue. And, and uh, at this point, and if Carson isn't ready, you'd like Nick to be ready for the season opener. And, and this takes some time for him to come back. Maybe we'll be back next week, and maybe it's all you know, all about all much to do about nothing. Um, but again, you're seeing Nate Sudfield out there a lot, which is okay. It's not a bad thing either because it allows him to get. As many reps as sure. he possibly can get, but I don't know if you, their fans, if the fans, if you guys were there on Sunday at the link, you would see, you saw um, that Nate still has, I think, work uh, to do and, um, to yeah. be to eventually be the backup quarterback to Carson Wentz, if that's the plan. And in, in talking to both Nick and Carson today, they emphasized how big an opportunity this is for Nate, uh, getting work with the ones most likely, um, yeah. and, and because the reality is going into. This, this training camp, this preseason, we didn't expect to see much of Nick in preseason games. Even if um, even if he was the number one quarterback, the Eagles know what they have in Nick. So he was just going to play when the starters were playing. It was going to be a heavy dose of Sudfeld. Uh, so more right. of the question with, with Nick is, is he going to be ready long term? And from talking to him, it certainly sounds like he doesn't think his injury is serious. And, well, with Nate, it will be with the ones, but it's not going to be with all of the ones. I mean, offensive line, you'll probably have four or five. My guess is they don't play Peters, Jason Peters. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? I don't think they play Peters okay, either. So Jason Peters I wouldn't be surprised if, 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 if Peters doesn't play the whole preseason. Okay, so then you're not going to have Mike Wallace. He all of a sudden now has tendonitis is what he's calling his injury. He hasn't practiced the last few days. I don't see I don't see any way he'll play. Nelson Aguilar didn't play today. Mm-hmm. He said he was fine when I saw him in the locker room. Maybe he plays a little bit. Zach Ertz was back at practice, but he didn't do a lot. He's They're going to give him a vet day off, a vet night off. On the opener, JJ. I don't think we're going to see much of him. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to see much of Darren Sproles. I, we might not even see either of them. Um, so, you know, Nate will be working with a lot in a lot of ways. He'll be working with the with the second team off, uh, offense, and he'll probably work with technically the second team offensive line. I think too. Yeah, and it'll uh, probably be a half of Nate, maybe even a little more, probably into the third quarter, and then and then you'll see Joe, Joe Callahan. Joe Callahan. That's my guess. Now on the defensive side of the ball, though, I think you'll see more starters. And yeah, and talking to Jordan Hicks, it's, it's, it sounds like he's he's going to play. Well, that's good. Um, you know, and and that's what I'm saying. Like Peters is ready to go. There's you know, in terms of the injuries, there's there's some you know good news in that you know Peters hasn't had any setbacks. Jordan Hicks hasn't had yep. any setbacks. Darren Sproles hasn't had any setbacks. Now we don't know about Brandon Graham, Alshon Jeffrey, Tim Jernigan, and Chris Maragos yet because they've yet to play yep. at all in practice. Um, are they going to be ready for the season opener? We don't know. But they still have some injury issues. They've had a few uh, minor ones here and there. Uh, but a lot of guys who are you know, just a little banged up, we're not going to see them on Thursday. Um, another thing to look at, uh, look out for on Thursday night is, is some of the position battles mm-hmm. uh, and some of the roster spot battles um, at, at a lot of positions um, further down on the depth chart. So who's going to be the fourth running back? Who's going to be the fifth receiver or fifth or sixth receiver? Who's going to be those last few guys in the offensive line to make the team? Josh Sweat or um, uh, or Steven Means, are they going to be the fifth 
fifth defensive end. You know, what are you looking for? What are some of the uh, those position battles are you looking for um, on Thursday? Well, I'm actually looking up higher on the on the depth chart. It's like my big thing I'm watching Thursday, and that's weak side linebacker. I want to see Kamu oh, right. Hill, and I want yeah. to see Nate Gary in the slot. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I think they're going to they're going to get a lot of work. I want to see, like you mentioned, Sidney Jones in, in games. I don't think the Cowboys game last year was really an indication no. of what Sidney can do. Uh, so I'm real curious about that. Um, so atop the depth chart, those are the ones that I'm most curious about. And then you mentioned the down the depth chart ones. I, I want to see running back, uh, and I don't just want to see it because I'm curious what they're going to have this year going forward. I don't know if they're going to have Jay Ajayi long-term. They're not going to have Darren Sproles long-term. So I want to see if someone like Donnell Pumphrey or someone like Josh Adams or maybe even a Matt Jones. I, I guess Jones he got, practice he today got again. Wendell Smallwood. And Donnell Pumphrey left early. Now he's yeah. still be fine for Thursday. Matt Jones, I, I, we've seen basically nothing out of him. He's, he's, he's missed some time, been on and off the field. Yeah, so I, I, I want to see if there's any of these down-the-depth chart running backs who can distinguish themselves. Probably. I mean, to make the team, but I don't think there's a future – no, lead back in that group. No, now you but, have Corey Clement. But but for instance, last year at the beginning of the preseason, I, I don't Corey know Clement. if say right. Corey Clement was going to be right. a long term guy. Yeah, I think I think Pumphrey. I think we have a pretty good idea of what he, you know his ceiling. Um, and Josh Adams is kind of impressed a little bit. I thought mm-hmm. uh, in, in the last week, he, in the first week, he didn't do much. He didn't do much. Yeah. Was, you know, and he didn't do anything in the spring because of the the, the foot uh, injury. He's a big back. He runs a little upright, but he has natural instincts. He's patient. He'll wait for that hole, uh, not to compare him to Le'Veon Bell, but uh, that that's sort of um, a writer, you know, yes, the height, yeah. that, that, type, that type of runner in between the tackles, um, north and south guy. Uh, and then who else am I missing? Smallwood. And the Smallwood. Yeah, Smallwood. <laughs> forgotten one. Yeah, I mean, remember last year at training camp? Yeah, he, he was had, supposed to be. He had a couple of really good practices, and he was talking about how he finally, you know, figured things out in terms of caring for his body, and then he got hurt. And Blunt was kind of on and off then too, so you you didn't know Smallwood right. was going to be the guy, right? But then Smallwood got hurt, and then he played some in the season, and then they signed JJ. Okay, and you, yeah. you never saw him again, yeah. and he's just kind of you know it seems like he's fallen out of favor. I mean, he's had, he's had some nice moments in camp. Um, I don't think he's a bad runner. I think he's the type of guy where if he gets cut, another team will pick him up um, and he'll play for them. Uh, the Eagles just have a lot of depth at that position. And and now you're doing practice observations every day, so fans are. Seeing what you see at practice every day, but but who's one guy who on Friday morning fans are gonna be like, oh, this is this is someone I should be paying attention to. Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I mean, you've heard me pop up uh, Matt Pryor. I don't know mm-hmm. how many people are gonna be looking at the offensive line that closely, but in Philadelphia, you never know. People, uh, he's impressive. Yeah. Uh, I really think that this kid has uh, starting potential at some point in his career. Um, he's certainly gonna make the roster. So keep an eye out on him. Um, let's see. Secondary, uh, you know, maybe uh, Devontae Bosby's going to okay. probably get a lot, of, yeah. a lot of snaps. I think people are going to, you know, look at him and say, okay, this guy can play. In the yeah, league. fans haven't seen him. Probably, yeah, exactly. Uh, Eagles picked him up uh, early last year in the practice, yeah. and he spent all season on the practice squad. So he's another one. How about you? I mean, you're watching practice too. Well, well, well two names that Nick Bowles gave uh, Dallas Goddard, obviously. He's the second uh, round yeah. People are going to be watching him. But down the depth chart, Rashard Davis, that's someone who I'm not saying him. That's someone Nick Foles He's, he's said. done well, yeah. Yeah, so Nick said uh, he's, he's going to jump out the fans with the ball in his hands. Um, Josh Sweat is, is someone I'm really looking forward to watching. I've been high on him watching practice. Uh, you can see the speed around the edge, as you pointed out to me. It takes a lot more than speed around the edge. Uh, but I, I, I want to see how he's doing in, in live contact because 
he can get to the quarterback, it seems. And, and so if, if he can get a sack um, in these preseason games, uh, I think he, he can be that fifth defensive end, and depending on health, maybe creep up the depth chart. You mentioned uh, the competition at weak side linebacker. So right now, Nate Gary seems to be the guy that they want to win the competition. Well, he's been getting most of the reps there. Okay. So my 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 but but Camus been in there this summer too. Camus been in there too, but Nate's been getting the the bulk of them, and I think it's almost like okay, Nate, we want you to win the job. job. Go win the job. Kind of like Isaac last year. (laughs) Right. Right. Whereas Camus gotten reps there, and I think Camus looked better. He's made more plays in camp, but they know what Camus is and and you know Les Bell and our colleague wrote about this you know is he being typecast as just a special teams guy and does that hold him back I think they I don't think that's necessarily the case I think they like Camus obviously as a special teams guy um he's a different type of linebacker he's bigger this year that's than right. than Nate he's bigger but he's not as big as as Gary I mean Gary's really kind of packed on the pounds I mean he's he's a solid 240 at this point I think Camus still around like 230 225 and also Nate was a good player at Nebraska and as a safety. And both, he, both he, former safeties. And he jumped out to me in that Cowboys game last year, the Week 17 game. When nice, I, yeah, nice when, play. Yeah, I, I, I thought Nate looked decent that day. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious how he looks. The one thing with Nate Gary is that they're really preparing him for all the all three spots. Uh, and that's important in Week 1, obviously, because Nigel Bradham's going to be down. Um, but right. he's, he's right. someone who, who that uh, they like that versatility there. And like you said, he's gotten bigger to the point that I think he can play any of the three spots. The guy we haven't mentioned about at that quarterback competition is Corey Nelson. And this is the guy the Eagles signed as a free agent. Now, it wasn't a huge deal. But when he spoke to us in March, I mean, you know, it was kind of the first indicate. well, among many other indications mm-hmm. that Michael Kendricks was on his way out. But he said, you know, they told me that, you know, I'm here to compete for that position. Well, he hasn't really no. exactly competed for that position. It's been a major he's surprise further, to me. Further down on the depth chart. Has got got some reps early with the first team, early in camp, not much since then. And it's not like he's making bad plays, standing out in a bad way, but he's not standing out in a good way. Now, maybe he's a really good special teams player, and maybe that's maybe how he makes the team. But if they cut him, they probably still can get a comp pick. It helps their comp pick formula. Yeah. yeah. So um, Surprise cut candidate, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, this is a guy who signs a free agent. Yeah. Um, but is there anybody else that you know, on the negative side of the ledger that has – Kind of disappointed you a little bit. What were we almost two two weeks into camp? Well, you mentioned Corey Nelson. That that would have been that the was one your number one guy. Yeah, um, but at at defense tackle, not necessarily talking about disappointment, but I want to see if if people can distinguish themselves there. I don't think Haloti Nana is going to get much work in the preseason. No. So is Destiny Vio going to? Who's, who's had a nice camp? Yeah. Is, is, is he going to show up? And then behind him there. Hasn't really been like Elijah Qualls hasn't separated himself. No. Uh, you mentioned last time Bruce Hector. Um, there's uh, there's Aziz shit too, um, but but there's not really that you know if, if if you think back to Bo Allen's first camp here, Bo Allen looked like a a, yes. bra- a, a player who should you be on the roster, yeah, yeah. even though he was a seventh round pick. Yeah. And when you look at the depth defensive tackles this year, no one really is, is really jumping out. So no. I'm curious to see if the preseason games, if anyone distinguishes themselves. One guy um, who's disappointed me a little bit has been Mac Hollins. Okay, you expected more from him. Well, I mean, this is his opportunity to kind of – Because he's getting know, first-team snaps. He's getting all Alshon Jeffries' yep. uh, snaps. And, look, he's good. Ronald Darby's been playing very well this game. Yep. So that's a, a fact. That's factor into why he hasn't been standing out. But, I mean, he'll go he'll go sets without ever throwing in Mac Hollins' direction. Um, he's made a couple good plays here and there, but 
you know, I think he's clearly cemented in there as the fourth wide receiver. He did, he'll, I thought maybe, and I wrote about this in the May, I thought maybe, well, he could push, you know, for more snaps than he got last year. I'm not sure I necessarily, yeah. necessarily see it. I think you'll see a lot more of Dallas Goddard than you'll see of Matt Collins. I agree, and I know we're going off, off tangent here, but the thing I'm curious about, and I've thought about this and I want to write about it at some point, when we see Dallas Goddard on the field with Zach Ertz, does Nelson Aguilar go to the sideline, or do they move Nelson to the outside? Right. I mean, that's maybe more the question: is is Dallas Goddard going to play more than than Aguilar than he would Matt Collins? Um, well, I mean, we've I mean, seen, we've seen, they, we've they seen like Nelson. We've seen Nelson yeah, we've seen yeah. Nelson outside a fair amount this camp. I mean, they're trying. I think preparing for that for that yeah, lineup. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you just shift Nelson outside in certain situations. And I mean, you think they, Nelson they have Mike Wallace. Yeah, but I'm saying. I, th- I mean, Nelson- I think the numbers are all going to shake out. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you're going to cut into Nelson's numbers, but you have. I mean, you have the opportunity to give Dallas still a lot of, of snaps. Sure. I mean, Brett Selleck still played a fair amount last year. Trey Burton still played a fair amount last mm-hmm. year. I don't think Dallas Goddard's going to be playing fifty percent of the snaps. No, but but when you look at, I mean, I think it'll just cut into. They won't play Richard Rodgers much. I mean, Trey's big performances last year came when when Zach was that when Zach Ertz was out of the lineup. Um, so if Zach Ertz is healthy, which is the optimum situation for the Eagles, the optimal situation, then you have you want to play Ertz and Goddard together. And when you do that, you're taking a slot receiver off the field unless you're taking a, a running back off the field. So I'm just curious what they do with Nelson. Yeah, well, in the red zone, you'll see more of Goddard, I think. And I mean, Nelson had Nelson was had some touchdowns from that from that uh, from that area. But I mean, who would you rather have in the red zone to throw to? What target? Aguilar or Goddard? Well, Dallas is a bigger target, but I, I want Nelson on the field a lot. And right. if that means moving him to the outside. Well, because you can do different plays. things with him. I mean, yeah. you can score with him by, you know, whatever kind of trick plays you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to say use trick plays, but, you know, sure. um, not your standard type plays. Um, but it'll be interesting, something to watch as, as we get closer to the start of the season. On another topic, the Eagles extended Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman through 2022. Five more years. Five more years, um, although they're calling it an extension. It was adding it was adding years onto the deal, right? Uh, although I heard Doug, otherwise. Well, well, well. Doug was under contract for three more years after after right. So the Eagles have picked up his option two year. More right. So they had two more for Doug. Yeah. The Eagles haven't really clarified how many more for Howie. From what I understand, it's three more. They want to get them aligned, basically, mm-hmm. and. That's important. That's what you want. You don't want your GM and your head coach on different contracts um, if everything's working well. And apparently everything, obviously, yeah. they won a Super Bowl together. Doug has kind of said before, and he said, you know, he's okay staying in his lane. Yeah, that's the key, I think. Right. And how he wants to do what he wants to do, which is basically run all of personnel. Yeah. And um, you can't But how he's not on the road as much. I mean, how he has final say – but how he has Joe Douglas running the scouting. Well, team. I mean, that's you know. Well, let's just talk about we, we'll talk about Joe Douglas because okay. I think that does factor. You, know, you wonder about where he stands in the organization. But real quick, you know, what does this say about the future of the team when you when you've given this much of uh, security to your head coach and your GM? Well, they earned it. I mean, they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Doug was outstanding last year. We've we've covered that. I think Howie's Howie done a terrific job turning around that 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 out roster. Now 
it, it, in both cases, it was more than just one person. It was Doug's staff. It was Howie's staff. Uh, so, but you know, you but, go, but the person at the, the top stops is responsible. The, the buck stops with those it, two guys. Exactly. The the big takeaway I had is, and Jeffrey Lurie kept talking about collaboration, and I get that they 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 work well together from from all appearances. The key though is kind of the definition of roles, um, and we've seen in the past the three head coaches that Lurie hired previous to Doug Peterson all eventually had final say on personnel, Ray Rhodes, Andy Reid, and Chip Kelly. Uh, and I, I think when you have it, the, have defined rules, which they have now, like you said, Doug coaches the team, how he runs football operations, uh, I think it's much cleaner. And for the first time, I think Lurie's really found the structure that he needs. When Andy Reid was here, even though Andy had final say, Joe Banner was in the building, Tom Hecker, uh, the late Tom Hecker passed away yesterday, um, but he was the GM then Howie was the GM. So, so there were a lot of different variations. I think now they have a structure that works and that can last. It, Doug makes it work. Um, because of his personality, you mean? Yeah. And he's, I mean, I, I think it's natural for 95% of coaches after they've won a Super Bowl to want full personnel power. And Doug just simply doesn't. I think Doug, Do you think it's going to stay that way? I think Doug enjoys his, his life outside of football. Do you think it's going to stay that way, though? Uh, I do. Okay. I do, unless unless Howie starts making bad picks and, and Doug's like, hey, what the hell? You know, I could do a better job here, or I can get someone in here who could do a better job. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen right now. Howie's had a lot of success with his free agent signings, his trades, and, and his drafts. Um, but Doug makes it work. And, you know, the Eagles say what you want about them kind of lucking into Doug. He wasn't their first choice. He didn't do very well in the interview. Uh, they kind of were left with him. Um, again, because partially and, and fair or not, because there are a lot of people who would not work with Howie Roseman, especially with him in charge of personnel. You know, Doug wasn't a hot commodity in January 2016. He didn't have any other interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, there were no other teams knocking down his door uh, to talk to him. But looking back upon it now, they you know they got a great head coach. Yeah. They got a very good head coach. I do. And I asked Jeffrey this question at the owners' meeting in March. I asked about the possible extension. Oh, we haven't got there. But Jeff did he said kind of we don't explain contracts. And yeah, that. but he did. He did kind of explain it. And and I think this was this was a fair point by him. He's like, you know, I just wanted to see how they would approach attack this offseason. And he said that they, you know, they have really kind of come out guns a blazing. They're not satisfied with just winning one Super Bowl. And and I, you know, how he made you know several moves. We'll see how they panned it. They panned out. Um, Doug, I think, has had the right approach. Um, for the most part, uh, this off season, we'll see how it pans out in the regular season. But I mean, you're you're giving a you're giving these guys a lot of leeway here. You are, but as I said, they earned it. You know, I mean, if if you don't give contract extensions after they win the Super Bowl, when are you going to give a contract extension? Uh, now you can say there was no impetus for doing it. That they both had years left on 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 their deals. Yeah, but like you said, this lines them I think up it was together. Natural. I, I think, think it was natural. I think it's a show of I'm just playing a little devil, yeah. devil's advocate. Now, no, I, someone I didn't should... get someone didn't get a contract extension. Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas. Um, now Joe's years are different than than the Eagles. The Eagles uh, signed. I mean, excuse me, hired him in May 2016. Um, so he is in year two, actually entering year three. I guess it mm-hmm. would be. Of his contract, I'm sure. With, with him, you need to look at drafts. He's, he's had two drafts. He's had here. two drafts. Yeah. Um, 
the thing that really and I wasn't there for the beginning of the press conference. Thank you, uh, I seventy six <laughs> traffic. But I look back at the transcript, and when he was asked about Joe Douglas, Jeffrey Lurie, he gave him credit. But then he said, "Well, but there's a you know a lot of other people contributed to the success of this team and, and that, that are had, not written about. That are not written about. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> now, yeah, I noticed now, that too. Now a little over a year ago, Joe Douglas was the was the biggest move we made." In that's, 2016. In 2016. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. That's what and he said. now we're looking two years later, but a year later since mm-hmm. Jeff last spoke, uh, a year later after Jeff said that, and Joe's just one of the one of the guys who helped the team win the Super Bowl. Well, I think Joe Douglas is clearly valuable here. Um, he's he's in charge of look at the guys, the scouting all, department. The, all the ties uh, to the players that have come here. Yeah, and, and they've been successful, most of them, in terms of the type of player. Uh, now you know I think Howie's doing the big picture strategy, but but Joe Howie deserves ultimate credit. Um, he's he's in charge. But yeah, I I've I, I've been impressed with Joe. I I like him personally. Um, you need to think about the future though. There's nowhere Joe goes from like like Joe can't go anywhere more in the organization. Right. You can change the title, but he's not getting final say here. So you got to think that as long as the Eagles are successful in, in these drafts. Produce, then Joe is going to find a job somewhere it's, else. It's, I mean, it's, uh, hopefully, I write about this topic at some point. But there's a lot of ground to plow here. Uh, I know we only have so much, so much time. But I mean, like, could they could have given Joe a title this off season? What or, title though? General manager, GM. And, okay, and, and then Hacker was GM. Yeah, and he didn't um, have final. Say, and he wouldn't right? have final say. I agree. I, I'm, I'm not arguing that. From my understanding, Joe didn't care about that. Um, but the other thing is, maybe Jeff is kind of like. You know, not being as overly enthusiastic about Joe because they're afraid of losing him. Now they blocked mm-hmm. the Houston Texans from during the, the it was during the Eagles playoff run. Yeah, yeah correct, which is understandable. Yeah. But you know, th- I think they understand Joe's value. Sure. I just think that if they're successful again, they probably realize there's just no way we're going to be able to keep him if another team comes calling saying you we're going to give you final say and you can pick your head coach. Now we're really Jim Schwartz, Jim Schwartz. <laughs> Now we're really going deep here, but. They also promoted uh, Joe's top assistant, Andy Wydell, this offseason. They gave him a new title. You know, they right. they didn't have to. Yeah, ever titles for everybody. Exactly. Except except Joe. Zach, I'm going to give you a promotion. <laughs> you are lead Eagles beat reporter number four. But it doesn't change. It doesn't change anything. Yes, it's it's like in the office when Dwight Schrute was you know assistant to the regional manager. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, they they gave Andy Wydell uh, a, a new title. They didn't give Joe a new title. Um, so yeah, you, you do propose a good point. But and I just was a little little shocked that Jeff would say that. I thought that was a little, you know, aside from his shot at the new at newspapers, <laughs> <laughs> which had a degree of truth. To <laughs> who it, came but, out? Yeah. Who came out? Who came out the most scarred from that? Newspapers, <laughs> Joe Douglas, or uh, Jeffrey Lurie himself? <laughs> well. Jeffrey does still read newspapers. We thank you for your subscription, Jeffrey Lord. Yeah, I, we, we know you're it. listening, Jeff. We appreciate it. Yeah, at the 27-minute mark, we thank you. Um, <laughs> but no, I I, I think um, I didn't read as much into it as you did. As you said it out loud to me, uh, it makes sense how you interpret it that way. As he was saying it live, I kind of got the impression that it was more like, well, this is about Doug and Howie today. It's not about Joe Douglas. Um, but Right, and that, yeah. that's a fair point to make, but... I mean, he could have just easily. He didn't have to. Right. He didn't have to say that last qualifier. That, like yeah. Joe did a great job yeah. on ball, and just leave and, it. At including that. guys you don't write but about. So, yeah. so guys you don't yeah. write about. Like, it's oh, true. Well, are we writing too much about Joe? 
I mean, I've certainly given him <laughs> yeah. credit. You yeah. have certainly written yeah. about Joe yeah. and given him credit. But, but maybe that's something that's maybe been that's been irking him. <laughs> no wonder why newspapers are going down the tubes. We're, we're talking out loud here on the podcast. Uh, all right. All right, everyone. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening to the Bird's Eye View podcast. We'll be back in a couple days. We'll, we'll talk right after Thursday's preseason opener at Lincoln Financial Field. Talk to you then.